0: Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. Let's just get into the Word right now. And uh, I want you to turn with me to Judges chapter 11. This is um, Pentecost Sunday, the celebration of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, uh, I believe it's a great time to be in the house today. I'm I'm excited about being here. So we're going to go to Judges chapter 11. Just by way of introduction, we're not going to stay there long. But I just want us to look at a story. And it's the story of a young man called uh, Jephthah. And there was war going on. The people of Israel were under attack. And the previous chapter, um, uh, chapter 10 of Judges chapter 10, Apparently, when you're studying the Bible uh, and you're preaching, you have to say the scripture three times. And uh, as we turn to Judges chapter 10, (laughs) um, because sometimes people don't hear it the first and second time, Um, the last verse in chapter 10 is, who is the man who will begin to fight against the people of Ammon? He shall be head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. I believe God is looking for warriors, he's looking for leaders, he's looking for people who'll stand in the gap, who ha- wants their, want their life to make a difference, who do not want to um, orchestrate or lead the war from behind an administrative desk, one who's prepared to get in the trenches, who'll stand in the gap, who'll stand and be counted, amen. That was some, we need a leader, we need someone to lead us. And I believe God's raising up uh, many new leaders in this hour, Amen. Amen. And so it says, now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, but he was the son of a harlot. Jephthah, his name means striker and opposer. And it says he was a, he's a great warrior. He had a great capacity, as we see later on in the story. He, he had a great love for God, and he knew and understood Israel's history. He, had, um, he was a great man, but he was the son of a prostitute. I believe today God wants to turn your butts into benefits. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Um, there there is a saying that says, those of us, the statistic says, statistics, those of us with ample butts will live longer than the husbands who mention it. Mm. Anyway, moving right along. Is that okay? (laughs) That's just to chase away any religious devils. Um, (laughs) And it says there that um, uh, Gilead, uh, Jephthah's father, wife, bore sons. When the wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said, you'll have no inheritance in our father's house. For you are the son of another woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land of Tob, and worthless men banded together with Jephthah, and they went out on raiding parties with him. It seems like when this little boy was, you know, only a few years old, Gilead, um, who had fathered him to a prostitute, this prostitute came to Gilead's house and dumped him off there and said, Here, your kid, you raise him. And this little boy, he's now got a stepmother, who who absolutely hates him because she he to her he represents my marriage isn't good enough. I've failed as a wife. She goes on to have other sons who hate him also. Because why look our mum's upset. Why does that kid have to live in our house? Why does Jephthah have to have presents at, at Christmas? Why does he get a bed in Johnny's room? Why are we stuck with this kid? And you know, they say people who are rejected, reject, get in first. Rejected people reject. And his name means striker and opposer. And his background, that was his, that was his beginnings. But you know, it also means one who breaks through. One who breaks through. Make sure you fill in one of these things. I'm so excited about your 21 days of breakthrough. It's brilliant. You know, we were building, our new church was being built a few years ago, and before they put the carpet down, we all came together to pray, and we were all given markers. And we wrote on the concrete our prayers, and the names of our kids, and the things we were believing for breakthrough in before they laid the carpet. And uh, we recorded our prayers. It's powerful to record your prayers. I want to say today, every one of those prayers has been answered. Amen. It's powerful to come into agreement with prayer, and so we see here that that this 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 guy grows up and he doesn't know why he's you know he's disliked, he's hated, he's not wanted, and uh, it would appear that. Gilead, Jephthah's father dies because they don't divvy up the inheritance until the father dies. And so the sons are there and they say, you better just get out. So don't think you're getting anything of our inheritance. And the devil does not want you to know you have an inheritance, that you have a future. You have an inheritance. And it says there that Jephthah fled and he fled to the land of Tob. And the the Bible is full of amazing pictures. The word Tob means goodness. It means beautiful. It means favor. Same word in Exodus 33, where Moses said to God, um, you know, show me your glory. And the Lord was so, uh, he was thrilled that he asked it. Show me your glory. And it says, he hid Moses in the cleft of the rock and allowed all his tob, tobe to come around about him, his goodness. The word means goodness. You cannot separate God's glory from his goodness. Amen. And Jephthah, in his runnings, he actually got out from under all those labels, all those mindsets, all the things people called him. But he was an orphan. He was an orphan because he was dumped by his mother and his father's died. So now pretty pretty much he's an orphan. And you know, um, John Calvin, the great theologian said this, after salvation, the greatest work of the Holy Spirit is to reveal the spirit of adoption the spirit of adoption. And Jesus said these words, I will not leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I believe God wants to break off areas of an orphan spirit. You know, orphans um, don't believe anyone's going to come and help them. Orphans struggle to with their identity in knowing the father. And uh, I myself came from a family where my dad was a heavy drinker and my mother wasn't a well woman. She had a mental breakdown when she was 28. My father um, would come home drunk a lot. He was probably, you know, an alcoholic, but nobody used that term. They had five children, three chronic asthmatics. And um, and so uh, when, when my mom went into, when had breakdown, they didn't have much help for people with Mental issues, so we went into care with the nuns, and they were very good to us as a family. But after a couple of weeks, she had to come home. And then I was about 12 when she took her first overdose. And uh, once again, we went into care, and she was taken to hospital, and and she she came through. And and so, um, uh, you know, when my mother couldn't cope, she would take a lot of pills—not enough to kill herself, but just to escape. Just escape, just have 24 hours of escape. We would sit by her bed to listen to her breathing um, because if we got too shallow, we'd bring an ambulance. But we went into care a few times. And, you know, um, sometimes uh, uh, you can feel that the primary caregivers of your life need care, amen? And, and oftentimes there are, there are butts in our background. You know, uh, Jephthah was a mighty man of val- valor, but he was the son of a harlot. But, what are the buts? What are the things that have formed an identity? Because what defines you will control you. And God wants to get to the labels on the inside. And I believe one of the greatest things that heals the label on the inside is the spirit of adoption. Because he went and he dwelt in a land called goodness. He dwelt there. He didn't just visit it. He stayed there and something shifted over his life that was so powerful, something shifted so powerful that worthless men began to be drawn to him because he'd found something. I believe he'd found the goodness of God. And what happened was the people that kicked him out, the people that had demanded he leave, come and sought him out when the battle broke out again and asked him to lead. And he became the leader of the whole nation, a military genius that led them into revival. Because he got a revelation of the goodness of God. And I believe God wants to bring a revelation of the goodness of God. And Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. Then he said this, it is better for me, for you, that I go away so that the helper can come. Can you you imagine those guys that have walked with him? That had, he'd talk with them every day. They'd seen the miracles. He'd been their friend, their their confidant, their trainer, their teacher. You know, for Mary Magdalene, you know, she 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 the only man that ever treated her with respect. The only man that ever treated her not as an object, but as someone to be loved. And he's saying now to these disciples, "It's better for you that I leave." And they're going, "What?" And he said, "No. If see in his flesh, he could probably minister to." 10, 50,000 people maybe, but he couldn't. His voice, no TV, no, no Zoom, no whatever. But he said, if I go away, every one of you can walk personally with me. Every one of you, the Holy Spirit will reveal Jesus. Every one of you will know me intimately and personally, but it was hard for them. And you know, the two things that happened before the beginning of the world, before time began, number one, Revelations um, 13, 8, The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. And number two, you were adopted in Christ before the foundation of the world. Before time began, God planned for you in love, the Bible says in Ephesians 1. And so it's, amen, good news. And so adoption is not plan B. He He knew everything that would happen. And you see, he could have stayed with the language of new birth. He could have stayed with the language that we're part of God's family. But he's he's extravagantly getting across to us who we are. So I want to just read a couple of scriptures. And there's one in Galatians. And it's Galatians 4. Galatians 4. Thank you, Lord. Galatians 4. It's okay. (laughs) Um, Galatians 4. Romans, Corinthians, Galatians. And it says this. But when the fullness of time came, uh, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the, the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit, the spirit of his son, into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, we are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God Through Christ Jesus. And also in Romans uh, 8, it says there that as you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, and the Passion Translation says to fear of never being good enough, but you received the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba Father, and the Spirit Himself bears witness. In the uh, Passion Translation, it says, But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. You will never feel orphaned, for he he rises up within us, our spirits joining him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. And the spirit of God whispers in our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. The spirit of adoption is the feelings and emotions of sonship. feelings and emotions romans 1 romans 8 verse 1 says there is therefore now no condemnation and in your translation it might say to those who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit that was added later that is omitted in the original transcripts but the religious people could not get their head around such a freedom to say there is therefore now no condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation. It says, who will separate you? What can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus? Can principalities, can heights, can, it says, who can lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Amen. As parents, we say, better not criticize my kids. Better not put down my kids. That's what God says. You see, the accuser of the brethren is there, but God's, he said, no, nah, that's just the lies of the devil. And I want to talk about the spirit of adoption in a personal way, because it, the goodness of God wants to be poured out today. And I want to take you through a personal journey. And in this personal journey, my middle daughter wanted to have children when her and her husband got married. And as a Christian mums, when my daughter said, well, we're thinking of starting a family. And I said, well, that's great. And I'll pray. And when the first year went past and then the second year and then the third year and then the fourth year, mum, do you think it'll happen? Yes, I'm pr- praying, darling. I'm believing God. I'm seeing it, seeing it by faith. And uh, but then the, the next year and then the IVF that failed. And then the, all the hormones, all the money, all the, and then the next IVF that failed. And then the next let's try again when that failed and I saw her heart breaking each time but I saw I felt the urgency in God because even with medical science we think oh well this will work which is really bad but anyway and so I'm praying I'm really praying and uh, and uh, my daughter said I can't go through that again and uh, they um, they talked eventually about adoption and when you adopt it's a process as we know in Australia. And when you pick an orphanage, you stick with that orphanage. You cannot have different irons in the fire. You have to stay with that particular one. And there you wait till everything's processed in Australia for anything up to two years before your file is ever sent to that place. It's such a wait. But I wanna say this, God waited thousands of years for you, thousands of years. And eventually, their file is, is there, and then we start praying for the first year. You think it'll happen this year, Mum? Well, of course, let's believe God. And then we're praying again for the second year, and then the third year. And I remember when I stood in church with her and her husband, I could feel the grief, I could feel the disappointment. And even I was saying, Lord, I can't go any further until you give my daughter a child. And we prayed again. I love being in the house of God. I love being in the house of God because as we took communion, I said to my daughter, don't pray anymore because I felt the grief. I said, just keep your confession right. Don't get angry with God. Don't get cranky with God. And I'm going to keep praying and I'm going to keep standing. And so we took communion again and said, thank you, Lord. That you are God who answers prayer. And the next day she rang me and she said, Mummy, you're sitting down. I said, No, why? What are you talking about? She said, We got the call. I said, What call? What are you talking about? It's been so long. She said, We got the call. They've matched us with a little boy who's 18 months and his name is Ijan from Taiwan. And uh, so we were just so, wow, we've got the picture they sent. Printed it up this big, put it on all our fridges, talking about him. And then they, they, they got to, um, uh, see, then they uh, have to publish it in the local uh, area and then in the nation. Uh, if nobody locally wants to adopt him, if nobody in the nation wants to adopt him, then he is released internationally. I don't care who didn't want you. There's someone who wanted you from when you were born, before you were born. Amen. And so so here he is, we've got the picture, and then they get a chance to Skype him, and I said to, um, yeah, yeah, this is the first picture, that's the one we saw, that's E-Jen. but that's the eyes of an orphan, and then we, uh, no more pictures yet, we'll just leave that up, but then they got to Skype him, that's a little, you know, like a, a Zoom, and they've got a ball, and they're trying to engage him, and he's kind of just staring at them, and and I said to Maddie, can I be there? And she said, no, mum, just the parents. So, so I, I said, video you, videoing him, video you talking. And he had a little xylophone and a drum and he's banging away. I said, look at that. We are enrolling him on the International Music School. Look at that talent. Look at that gifting. Well, then they got to um, fly over and meet him for the first time. And uh, I won't put that picture up yet. But they walk into a room and they bring this little guy into the room. And uh, he's staring at them, and they they got some toys. And, and, um, but before they actually got to meet him, they had to put together a talking book. And a talking book is pictures of Maddie and Kane. It's called their Forever Family book. And it's a book that says, your tummy mummy couldn't look after you. So she looked and found a forever mummy and a forever daddy. And there it's translated into Mandarin, and read to him every night, this will be where you're living, this will be your home, this will be your family. Now, he probably doesn't get it, but just yet, but this is God's talking book. This is God's talking book, and sometimes we're like that orphanage, like over our heads, you know, and as they went to visit him, and they brought him into the room, my daughter's speaking to him in English, he doesn't understand it, he's been around Mandarin, and she's saying, you know what, you don't know this yet, but we're going to take you home to a wonderful land. And we're going to love you like there's no tomorrow. And you're going to be our little boy. And we're always going to be your mummy and daddy. So he's just there going over his head. Sometimes we hear this stuff Sunday after Sunday. And it goes over our head. And he's trying to get through to us. He's, You're the apple of my eye. I gave up my son. You're the centre of my... Uh, you're the object of my obsession. My, you're the object of my affection. But here he is, and after about an hour of playing with the toys, he actually put, put his little backpack on because it's about six months later now. He's two because there's a lot of red tape. And he goes and waits at the door because he knows the drill. Someone will pick him up and take him back. And he doesn't get it yet. They had to go to court, and in the court. They had to actually say, we declare that we will look after this child for the rest of his life. And that child will inherit with any other siblings all, all the inheritance and all we have. We commit to looking after this child physically, financially, emotionally. They did not bring Ejan in and say, if you're a good boy, it's all done. He got a new birth certificate. He got a new name before he even knew it. Amen. They had an adoption party. He, he had no. He's, he's, he has no idea that there's a whole excited family that can't wait to meet him. And so, Rosa, next picture. Oh, that's him looking at the talking book. Next picture, he's just looking at the talking book. Next picture, that's the adoption party with the ado- adoption um, cake. <laughs> next pa- next picture, that's Maddie with the four nieces waiting. The family's waiting. They're saying, is he going to be our brother? No, not brother. Cousin. <laughs> but Maddie, see, cousins aren't enough. Being an, an auntie's not enough. See, God always wanted to be a father. Yeah. Amen? Yeah, amen. Next one. Thanks, Rosa. That's meeting meeting. Ejen, his new daddy. Next one. There he is, going home after... I think if we could shrink it, it would be better. But anyway, could we make the picture smaller? Okay, next one. (laughs) There, There they are. They're in Taiwan, meeting him. Okay. Next one. Having a first cuddle. Yeah, next one. Now, we'll just stop there. This little boy is now getting ready to go on a plane to travel to from Taipei to Singapore and then 10 hours to Brisbane to a place he's never been before, to meet a people he's never met before, to face a future. he can't imagine what it's going to be like. He's covering all his bases. He's got three dummies and, and a bottle. <laughs> he had three of them in his mouth at one time. He looked like something out of Predator. But anyway, he's <laughs> So next picture, this is our first glimpse of Ejan, who's called Jack now, wearing the Parramatta eels collars. Keep going. (laughs) That's us. Now, we're all at the airport, but the Bible says all of heaven is rejoicing when one sinner comes home, when one child gets adopted. All of heaven is rejoicing and so excited, whether you feel it, whether you know it. Do not consult your emotions to see whether this is true. This is true. Your forever father. You're forever God, amen? Next picture. Yeah, so the Bible says for the joy set before him. Next one. Yep, my first nurse. Yes, my new grandson. Next one. Meeting the family. Meeting the family. We not only have the Lord, we have our family. Next one. Oops. Well, that was him going to church, but anyway. <laughs> Next one. Outside church. Yes, we dressed him up. They dressed him up with a bow tie. Next one. yep. Thanks, Rose. You're doing a great job. That's the face of a son. Okay. Next one. Yeah. Next one. Yeah. You see, he's got a daddy. You see, and for his pleasure, you were created. They did not get that little boy to mow the yard and to clean the house, and to be trained as a servant. The joy they get is out of relationship. And we have sometimes been more comfortable with serving than intimacy, than to look in the eyes of the Father, because and for his pleasure, you and I were created. Amen? Okay, next one. There he is with his daddy. You see, all God wants is relationship. He just wants to walk with you every day. But just leave it there for a minute. You see, they had so much love in their heart, Maiden Cain, they decided to have another child. And so next picture, this is a picture of evangelism, going back to the orphanage and getting another little boy, getting a little brother. You see, God has this great love. He is love. And when you look around and you see all, you see so many different races. There's the Koreans, the Chinese, the Americans, the Australians. Because God's got so much love. And he has so much love for a family. But individually, he loves. Amen. Okay, next picture. So there he is. He's got a little brother. And yeah. And next picture. Thanks, Rosa. There you go. Yeah. So that, they got a daddy. Daddy. You see, that's the gospel, that's that's evangelism, going and getting another brother or sister, and bringing them to the Father. Amen. And that's how much God loves you. And you know his name was Jan, and they couldn't give it as a second name because it would have been Jackie Jan, but <laughs> so he's Jack Kane, E-Jan. Um, The second little guy was Shushuan, is, and he's Max, and. Uh, so him and Jack boy are like this, as he calls him Jack boy, and uh, you see, God wants to release the spirit of sonship, the spirit of adoption and when they brought him home, uh, they had to do what 's called bonding and uh it, with bonding what they what they have to do is they they stay at home and they actually um C- cocoon, as in, no one can come and visit. Nobody comes near them because they have the child has to reattach. The child has to bond. Even when I drove around with a meal, I was like, "Mum, you can't come in." <laughs> Is that him I can see through the through the screen door? Mum, <laughs> I'll get the meal. That's him with Kane. <laughs> it was like I want to go around to the window and scratch on the. Hey, An, it's me. <laughs> But you see, sometimes if we've come from a religious background like I did, and I thank God for the Catholic Church, the nuns were very kind. But it was rules. And even as a primary school student, um, you know, they would say on a Monday, who didn't, sta- who didn't go to Mass on Sunday, stand on your chair. So we would have to stand on our chair if we didn't go to church on Sunday. So there was a lot of shame-based rule-keeping and so when I got saved, I mean, it was just amazing. And I found this God who loved me, who was real, who came into my life. I was a single mother. I had been into dope smoking, riding a motorbike. And I, had a, had a, uh, I was a single mom with a three-year-old. When he came into my life, I was just so overwhelmed. But if you've seen the movie Annie, Annie, when the Annie is adopted in the musical Annie... They bring her home to Daddy Warbucks, the richest man in New York. And they say, what would you like to do today, Annie? And she said, well, I'd like to, uh, first I'll wash the floors and then, then I'll wash the windows. And they said, no, 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 you don't get it. All this is for you. You're not a servant. All this is for you. And so what happened is that she had to learn how to receive. And I found that I didn't actually allow that bonding to happen enough. And I immediately went into, God, I'm going to show you I can be the best worker, servant. I'm going to teach in Sunday school. I'm going to run the new Christians class. I'm going to do follow-up. I'm going to work so hard because, God, you did so much for me. I'm going to give it back. But you see, I didn't actually bond enough. I didn't, I didn't let him love me enough to change the labels of rejected, inferior, the old names of failure, not good enough. But I found that the grace of God through the spirit of adoption healed my heart. And he healed my heart with seeing my grandsons healed it even more. Because I had a father that was an angry man. And father figures can block our love for God or our ability to bond. And uh, when Jack came home, he... um, you know, when he would eat his dinner, he would hide food in the, in the high chair because orphans don't know that they're going to get enough food. And uh, the first thing, English word, he learnt was more, more. And the second one he had to understand was slow down, slow down. And then we had was, they found that things were going missing in the house and he was hiding it because orphans don't know they're going to be provided for. So they had to give him a cupboard. It was called Jack's stash (laughs) where he hid all his contraband and what he stole. Okay, you can put it in there, Jack. (laughs) And I remember going out to dinner one night because his nickname was Popo and they had started calling him Jack. And I, I was testing it out a few months later and I said, hey, Popo. And he said, no, Jack, Jack. And then he said mummy's baby, mummy's baby, you're not rejected. You're not that person that was divorced. You're not that person that was a failure. You're God's daughter, God's son. And I saw as he came into that identity, that instead of hiding things away, well, when we go through the catalogue, and what do you want for Christmas, Jack? Jack. Go this. Oh, that's great, and 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 that. Mm, Okay, and that, and that. (laughs) He learned to be a son. He learned that life was always going to be good around about him. Amen. Can we just stand right now? Because Jephthah got out from all those labels, and he dwelt in the land of goodness. The spirit of adoption is the emotions and the feelings, the bonding. And the, and the revelation of how much we are loved. Head knowledge is weak knowledge. You can teach a budgie to say, Jesus loves me and the cattle still eat it. <laughs> it's internalized truth will change your life. What's inside of you will talk to you all the time. And I believe today we're in the house of God. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.